Hey, welcome to Deep Focus. I am your host, Mitch Goldman. It's August 30th, 2015. No, not really, but you know, that was the date that we recorded this radio show. Bill Ware was my guest in the studio, and our topic was Horace Silver. Uh, this is part two of three parts. If you missed the first part, you could go back and check out part one, or you could just jump right in here. It's all great stuff. Gosh, we've got some fantastic music, and uh, Bill really brings the love. Uh, Bill Ware Vibes is his website, by the way, BillWareVibes.com. You should check him out. Uh, he's always got a ton of cool things that he's doing. And um, here we go. Part two. Enjoy. spring and and as has been usually happening here on Friday nights I'm happy to say we're playing to a nice big beautiful packed house tonight we've got the pleasure of presenting Blue Note recording artist Horace Silver with the quintet Horace Silver and I'd like to introduce a gentleman in the group on trumpet Carmel Jones Carmel Jones That fine young drummer, 
Roger Humphreys on drums. Roger Humphreys. Well, I don't want to tune this out, but this is, uh, I think we're hearing the beginning of another set. Teddy Smith on bass. Yeah. That's all right. Well, anyway, you got the idea. That's, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I don't want to, I don't want to cut off even a moment of that. That little, <laughs> it's, you know, it's lightning in a bottle. This just little bit of magic. I can, don't you feel the vibe of this? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty, some pretty special playing. Yeah. In a sp- pretty special time. I mean, just the level of, of uh, playing musicianship then. Uh, of course, you had a lot of gigs. You know? Yeah. Um, I think I was telling you the story of uh, I went to Japan and uh, I think it was my first gig out of the country as uh, well, I, did, I didn't start out being the leader of the band, but that's a whole nother long story I won't even go into, but I ended up being the leader. So I, I always consider it my first out of country leadership gig. And uh, we were there f- for three months, to make a, a long story short, in Yokohama, Japan, playing uh, straight ahead um, and uh, six nights a week, three sets a night. And it was my first time playing a jazz gig like that. I mean, for our generation, <laughs> it's just unheard of. Whereas yeah, yeah. Back in the day, that was yeah. kind of more the norm you know playing doing playing a lot playing a lot of music i mean you can play a lot of music on your own and i know a lot of guys that do manage to 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 really stay on on point and play a lot but but there's nothing it's a lot harder these days and there certainly aren't it's not the same as a as a band coming together and and then forget about that's just individuals yeah a band having a gig right you know that's like you know you know, two, three sets a night, five nights a week, and then go into another five night a week. Those days are over. Yeah. And so, the, there's, uh, a, I want to ask you, let me back up because I didn't set the table. Folks are just tuning in. Hmm. You are listening to WKCR. Jazz Alternatives is the program heard each weeknight from 6 to 9 p.m. But on Monday nights, when we have a terrific guest as we have tonight, we call this show Deep Focus. And what we do, we choose our guest chooses an artist for us to explore, and we find live unreleased recordings, and it's on. You just stepped right in the middle of it. So uh, that's what that is. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Mm, yeah, I can, yeah. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> Bill Ware is our guest, and we are inside the music of Horace Silver. We got some great live recordings. We were talking about these recordings from. The Half Note, this place that was there, I guess, for a, a, just a few years, really, in the mid-60s. Yeah. But luckily, thanks to these Alan Grant broadcasts, these recordings have come to light. Um, stuff that we have here that we play on the show, but also um, there's uh, albums have come out from West Montgomery and Coltrane. And consistently, the level of play seems to be at an especially high level, and I think part of it is that these guys hung out there. I think they were invited and encouraged to hang out there by people that ran the place, and it became, you know, a place to gather, and musicians are playing for other musicians. And um, back to what you were saying about that thing that happens 
when you do get to immerse yourself in playing yeah. and a band develops a real identity yeah. around playing together and around the music and the personalities that come out of each other and and all that is uh, yeah it's it's uh, I'm, I'm talking secondhand i want to hear yeah. from you firsthand <laughs> Does, am i right or yeah. am i just blowing no smoke? no you're totally that's totally it i mean you know we, we talked about it before but <clears throat> it uh this music it um it just grew out of that experience of of uh, 24-7 immersion in music and in jazz, in, in playing and improvising and studying. Um, and I got to experience that myself for, you know, I'd been going to school and studying on my own, and my, my dad told me, huh, oh, you want to be a professional musician? Huh, how many hours did you practice today? I practiced two hours today, Dad. I worked really hard. Uh-huh, two hours? <laughs> you got a long way to go. You know, Coltrane used to practice eight hours a day. And he would say things like that to me, and I would be sweating like, whoa. <laughs> I Two hours? It was hard for me to get through two hours. Eight hours? What are you doing all that time? Yeah. So eventually, you know, I, I got myself to the point where you know, I was practicing many five, six, seven, eight hours a day. But... It's really difficult, even with that amount of practice, to get the experience of playing with other people night after night after night. And and just other people is hard enough, but playing with a band that's a real unit that works together and playing like that, it's just so difficult these days. So... Getting that experience in Japan that time, <clears throat> and we would play a song like Cherokee. And just a little ignorance on my part and, and, and blind luck. I just, I kind of saw what this was going to be after the first week playing that much music. Wow, playing three sets a night, six nights. The first week was like, oh, whoa, man, we're going to have to. This is some, this is like this is stamina here, you know. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. This is a whole nother thing, and I saw, I foresaw that. Wow, I want to pick a few songs and play them every single night. So we had a couple of songs that we played every night, and once I took over the leadership of the band, I start notch the tempo up just a little, one click every night. You know, we started out playing one of the songs was Cherokee, uh, uh, real jazz bebop standard. And uh, we started at da 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 dee da. Next night da da dee. Next night da da. By the last, by the time we left, we we're playing da da da. Here, easy, easy. Two eighty, three hundred was nothing. What happens when you change the tempo like that? What happens to the music? What happens to the people playing well, the music? It's not so much that you want to change the tempo but your abilities demand if you want to keep challenging yourself you 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 do more you you add more and that that's something i learned playing that much that playing that much music you can't just you know it's not like a pop gig you you have your your greatest hits and you just keep you know 
you made this one great shoe. <laughs> right. If you think of a musician as a shoemaker, you made one great shoe, and you just keep making that same shoe <laughs> over and over and over again. That's one formula. You know, it's kind of like, to me, it's like uh, a baseball comparison. You got the guys who really get up there and challenge, get challenged, and they're trying to hit that ninety mile an hour plus fastball. And then you got your other posers who get up there. They put the ball on the tee. They get the biggest, baddest possible, and then hit it really far. Wow! Look what I did. That's that's kind of the difference, you know. It's like when you're answering that challenge night after night, night after night after night. And if you have real integrity, you don't want to just put the ball in the tee and hit it. You you want to be challenged, and you want new new challenges. And and that's. So when I you saw to, that, and, yeah. and I and I and I experienced it by, you know, they wanted us to rehearse three times a week. I mean, how many times do you have to rehearse Autumn Lee? <laughs> I mean, they, they had a playlist for us with Sukiyaki on. I mean, some of the simplest songs in the world. And I mean, rehearse? Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? So we made the best of the time. Okay, well, what are we going to do with those rehearsals? Let's write new arrangements every Every time we play a song, let's make another arrangement for it. Let's, or let's pick another other songs. Let's create, create arrangements every week. Add a new thing. Add another intro. Add another section on the song. So we, it would became a workshop just out of, you know, we had nothing else to do but play music. And and uh, you just you, you look for more if, you, if you're, you know, if you're a musician, you just want want to sit back and rest on your laurels collect the paycheck and you know so that's that's what we did and i think that's what this time period was all about mm-hmm. exploration i listened to the rehearsal tapes and practice tapes of guys and i mean there's just some magic happening there that happens when you have some it's like a new toy it's like you got this whole box of new toys, and and everybody's talking about the new toys, and and you got it, and you're looking at it, and your friends have it, and you're all playing with the new new ideas together. It must have been a really exciting time. Not to mention the fact something that we'll never experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hearing yeah. this for the first time with no reference point. Yeah, yeah. Like like the people of that day. Suddenly there was swing, and then all of a sudden this new stuff. Have you heard the? Have you heard about this guy Charles Parker from? Right. You know, from Kansas City. Amazing. Listen, and hearing it for the first time yeah. with only the swing music of the, as a reference, it must have been amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scary for some people. Yeah. Some people probably hated it. Like, what is this? This awful. God, they're breaking up the melody. Yeah. No, we. Uh, I did a show here with Vernon Reed uh, called Before It Had a Name. Like, you know, once you can pigeonhole something, you could get together with a musician from Brazil and a guy from Austria, and you could go, well, let's play some hard bop, you know, like um, a horror silver kind of thing. Oh, okay, bass player goes, I know what to do. Drummer goes, I know what to do. But when you listen to these guys actually, the guys themselves doing it, they're not doing what you would do. They're, like, living it. Yeah, they're they're inventing it as they go, and and I'm sure they had much. They had the information of their day, <clears throat> which is is uh, some another thing that 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 musicians now 
are at a disadvantage of because you, you don't have that. You got to go to records and hear what it was and and sort of learn what it was. But they had the information of the day. That was the information of the day, what they were building on. So they had that information. They all had that information. And that information that they had was much less than the information we have nowadays. They didn't have like 800 different styles of funk and 7,000 different dance styles. And, you know, right. oh, there's trip hop and slick hop and, and <laughs> right. unhop and do hop and rehop and <laughs> but blue hop and purple hop and orange hop. Oh. <laughs> but they had their own language and things that they shared and they had yeah, but uh, much much less of it probably yeah 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 because it was just yeah but they had a <laughs> they had a, a depth of it yeah yeah the depth of artistry like and we don't know all the stuff they knew yeah yeah no you can't each generation has i guess it's its own challenges like, <laughs> i was doing classical music for a while i got hooked on the sound of the orchestra and it's just not, it's I'm sure that that's a whole nother radio show, but <laughs> but uh, Bill's going to stay yeah. on. My my shift's ended, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm coming on with the next guy. He's a classical guy, but uh, the, the the you know the repertoire there, you know, it, it's so extensive, and uh, well, that's what it's all about. That is the language, right? Yeah. Is the repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple more stellar recordings to explore and we haven't really talked about which way to go so let me ask you right here on the air uh we've got 1965 at the half note which is uh sort of a continuation of what we've been listening to and then we've got some horace silver quintet from 1960 60 or yeah, let's go to sixty. Is ah, it up tempo? Fine choice. Oh, there's some, there's some up tempo for sure. Yeah, play something more up tempo. The date was July two, nineteen sixty. We are in Newport, Rhode Island. Okay. And Horace's quintet is Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Junior Cook on tenor saxophone, bassist Gene Taylor and Roy Brooks playing the drums. I think all these guys were uh, played extensively with Horace Silver and recorded with him. So uh, they're all of the idiom. And, uh, yeah. Yes. New yes. discoveries. Excellent. Very exciting. You're listening to WKCR. It's Deep Focus. Bill Ware is here exploring Horace Silver and you with him alike. What else to say? I'm Mitch Goldman. It's WKCR. Newport. Senor Blues.
That is part two of this podcast. It was a program that aired on August 30th, 2015. Bill Ware, my guest in the studio, and Horace Silver, our topic on this deep focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. And you know, I hope you know, if you don't know, now you're going to know that uh, you can find this podcast, Deep Focus, on your favorite podcasting app or at our hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. There's over a hundred episodes, about an hour long each, posted there. That uh, And you can download this, take it with you, share it with your friends. And um, if you do... Uh, we ask that you give us five stars if you like it. If you don't, well, you don't have to. But um, if you do, that is going to allow people who haven't found out about this program to find out about it. So that um, I think would be a good thing. We've got listeners in 40 countries and growing. So please do spread the word. Do what you can to, to put it out there. We really appreciate it. And also you can follow us on Instagram. It's Deep Focus Podcast on Instagram and you can get photos of these artists and find out about upcoming programs and meet people who also uh, enjoy the show. So a uh, great way to build the community, which is something that the music does when you can go out and hear it live. And these days, I'm talking to you in the dark days of COVID from Midtown Manhattan and uh, 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 mm, it's tough, it's hard hard way to get through life without some live music so we're doing the best we can all right go on check out part three of this program it's bill ware on hard silver august 30th 2015